Hello, my name is Paul Cornelis, and welcome to the next episode of Harkins Builders' new podcast, Conversations in Construction. For those of you who don't know, Harkins Builders is an employee-owned general contractor specializing in commercial, government, and multifamily projects. Harkins services the Mid-Atlantic region with three locations and has over 55 years of construction experience. At Harkins, we share our successes and our failures because we learn, grow, and become closer to one another by telling our stories and lessons learned. With me today, I've got Eduardo Castro, who is one of Harkins' site managers slash superintendents or lead superintendents, gonna be there soon. I appreciate you coming in. Thank uh, you for inviting me. have a nice little conversation about renovation, occupied renovation specifically. But first off, give us a little bit of background on yourself. So you've been with Harkins over 10, maybe 15? Actually has been 14 years this past August. Time flies. That's Uh, crazy. Yeah, but I I was affiliated with Harkins for a little more than that. I was working with a sister company. Harkins had a um, carpentry division before. I think it used to be called Harkins Carpentry. Yep. And then that became uh, Carpentry and Hardware Services. So I was part of that since oh. 2000. Okay. So are you a carpenter by trade? or? Yes. You- uh, I went through a four-year apprenticeship with the um, Carpenters Union in uh, Baltimore. I achieved the uh, journeyman status through that. All right. Four years of school, of school. Right now you're working with Rick Cockey, right? Yes. And um, Tony and that renovation team. So what was the first renovation, if you remember? So it was a mix, new and renovation uh, building. The, the part I came to work in was an existing, and we had to put an addition, a new addition, to convert them into the double the size of what they were. So okay. the exterior of the existing building became the corridor of the newly renovated building and the new building. It was kind of interesting. Uh, and, and that was occupied? Occupied, we had to move sections at a time. Okay. Uh, so that was my first experience on dealing with, with residents. But this is a, it was a large community. While you work in, some of the corridors have to stay active to the public, gotcha. uh, or to the tenants, and, and also to public, whoever came and visit. So that, that was kind of my first uh, experience uh, on you know, putting temporary walls, making sure that the dust control is done properly, and, and of course, to make sure that the residents don't get affected that much. Yeah, and that probably goes into one of the major keys in these renovation projects is, is logistics. And oh, sure. Planning that out. Yeah. A large percentage of what we do in renovation is planning and, and making sure that, 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 that we are flexible enough to uh, cope with change that might come within an hour. You know, yeah. you might have a plan, but the plan might not work for that day. Yeah, so you yeah. have to be able to switch it really quick really? to still be able to be uh, productive and, and continue with your On these renovation projects, at what point do you kind of typically get engaged in those projects? I felt before like it wasn't early enough that the site manager or the lead superintendent was engaged. You know, I okay. felt like it was a little too late before, but now on the one I'm about to start, I've been involved already, like four months before we even start. On the ones that I did before, you kind of go in and get ready. What type of, so you're going in doing preliminary analysis of the buildings and things like that. Is that, that's your main objective and you're looking at it from a construction kind of viewpoint to say, how do I, how am I bringing in that drywall? So there was a plan already, don't get me wrong. So the pre-construction department had already done a good job on trying to line up the process 
and you know maybe have areas of, of access and areas that we were going to block. You kind of know what you're getting yourself into, where I'm going to put my temporary entrance so I can block everything from what's going on. Yeah. But I guess the first thing is go in and try to do a survey of you know what's there, what you contracted to do, and all the new things that you're going to find. Because it's, it's almost impossible to put everything in, especially in renovation, right? At that point, we used to do a survey of each unit, first day. When yeah. you get the apartments, go in, get a survey of the units, list what's in contract, what's not in contract. So when, when uh, change orders uh, became, the process was easier at that point. You know, yeah. like everything was already lined up. And from the beginning, you gain an understanding with owners and architects that that's how you're going to do it. Because the time is not there to, to go from, oh, yeah, I'm going to send you a proposal. Oh, yes, we're going to... Uh, you're going to approve it. There's no time for that. Yeah, when you're dealing with people and, and sure. moving them around. Yep. What I noticed at the beginning, that residents will, will, will be hesitate to even talk to you, and they kind of look at you like you are the enemy. And, and you know, <laughs> you can blame them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you, but, what are but you I doing wanna, in my house? Exactly. But I want to say, you know, within a couple of weeks, we start talking to them and try to explain what's going on, try to have a meeting with them and just explain. Then weeks later, it seems like everybody's coming around. At Holland's house, three months into the project, the residents actually cook uh, lunch for all the workers oh, and for that's everybody. Awesome. That's awesome, right? So yeah. it tells you the difference. But yeah, going in, it's always a little tricky yeah. because you always you have different uh, crowd and you have to approach them accordingly. You know, and, well, and just thinking about it, it's you know that type of collaboration with the residents, especially with a renovation project, has to be critical 100%. because things probably change. Mm -hmm. All the time. Now, now more than ever, you know, when I started, you're kind of learning as I go. But I, I think the flexibility aspect that you're talking about, I experienced it more at Harris Crossings more than anything else. On that one, we thought we had a, a plan laid out completely to start. You know, um, and just think about it just to give you a little perspective of what we did. We will come in the morning to demo a kitchen in the whole first floor. Okay. Carpet, take out all the bathrooms. By the end of the day, all the flooring needed to be back in kitchen ca cabinets installed, countertop, and a functional bathroom for the residents to come back in the same night. That's nuts. Right. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, we thought we had a plan, <laughs> but it didn't quite work that way. <laughs> so even the first day, you know, we, we are switching things around, and, and, it, and it worked. Trade partners get engaged, and, and they're flexible as well. Of course, you achieve that by talking with them before, yeah. You know, having uh, your pre-construction meetings and just making sure that, that we think we know what we're going into it, but we're not going to know until we actually start. And, yeah. and, that, and that, that's part of the flexibility that comes, uh, and it's a big, big aspect of it. Yeah, and I'm sure those trade partners and those subs, you really have to vet those guys. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I know from my days in the field, some of the subcontractors that we worked with, I don't know if they'd be the best suited sure. in those situations. So you, you have to... I'm assuming that's part of what you do too, is meeting with these subcontractors. Yep. And I'm sure there's some that you know can operate in that. Oh, sure. And those are conversations that we have with our, our PM or, or, or vice president in charge of the division that I feel comfortable with certain subs that I want to have, I yeah. want to have on my projects because of the history that we have so far. And you know what you can count on or yeah. what you can't. Little, little experience about going back to Holland's house. Again, you never know what's going on, right? That's right. Uh, or what's going to happen. But you have to have a plan for everything. For example, so A1, access demolition at the time. I want to say around 3.30, 4 o'clock, all this water started coming from the third, fourth floor. I don't remember which floor. You know, something bro broke. We didn't know what it was. The PM, Brett, without even asking, he went and got chat bags and got people. 
by the time you realize everybody's cleaning. You can't forget that, you know? Yeah. So you're yeah. thinking, your next project, you're thinking, well, I want this guy on my project, you know? Yeah. He's going to get my back, he's going to have my back at all times. Those, those are the type of people that, that, that you want. They know they're going to get it done. Get Everybody's it done. working towards that ultimate goal. And it's important understanding and realizing where you are. You're in these people's houses. Sure. You're in there. And that leads also into safety. That's got to be handled very differently than a regular ground-up construction sure. because you've got people living there. So not only do you have to keep the, the workers and your subcontractors and all those people safe, but you also have to worry about the residents. And, and constantly remind everyone uh, that is working with us that, to be extra careful on what we do. And just reminding everybody every day that we are in people's houses is something that we must do at all times because you get new uh, workers every so often that come from another place, you know, they might be accustomed to be working in a new building. Then when they come to yours, you gotta remind them, hey man, you know, yeah, this yeah, is an occupied place, keep this in mind and, and, and so forth. So I think the, the cleaning and, and the safety aspect get uh, work-wise probably doubles yeah. when it comes to renovations. You gotta put uh, the extra effort in there. And I know more recently, there was a, a pretty significant project that we did in Baltimore, the, the pack house, mm -hmm. um, and that was for, for veterans, and that was an occupied renovation. That was an occupied and, renovation. And you had mm. some unique things there that you had to deal with as far as, I'm just thinking about how to handle certain systems. In certain buildings, your water runs up, so even though you're only working on the fourth floor, you might oh, have sure. to shut down someone. Shutdowns have to be scheduled, uh, whether it's water or electrical. They gotta be scheduled not just with the company that is going to do the shutdown, but with everybody else. Yeah. You know, and then you have to look for contingency plans of how you're going to keep everything moving. What about if you are in the cold, cold days, right? And yeah. you're going to shut all the systems down and people are going to end up with no heat. So you, we have to come up with a secondary plan. Okay, we're going to buy heaters. Uh, we're going to plug them in their units, uh, w whatever it takes to make sure that the, the uh, residents are still less affected. And then it's, it's also got to be, you're just looking at that life cycle of the construction process. You know, we talked a little bit about the pre-construction mm -hmm. aspect and, and going through and the planning of it and being flexible. And I'm sure even the turnover has got to be a little bit different because in some instances you're putting people's apartments back together. So in a new building, uh, you do your turnovers, you have your yeah. time to do your, your punch with the owners and architect, and then you have the time to fix them and do yeah. all that. In renovations, you almost punch in as you go, driving for having at the end, when you walk with the owners and architect, just to have a little bit of paint and touch-ups. That's your goal. That's it. Because uh, you don't want to have bed over top of flooring that you know was bad. First yeah. of all, we don't want to hide it. Yeah. You know, as Harkins, yeah. we don't cut corners. So we're never going to hide anything. <laughs> we got to make sure that if you're going to put a bed in there, that flooring, it was fixed. Because, you know, you don't want somebody pulling the bed later on and finding a piece of floor missing, right? That's not yeah. what we do. So that's a little tricky, but but also I, I think, and this is my experience, turnovers go a little quicker yep. and, and better because, so for the reasons I just explained, that you know, we're punching as we go, yeah. but also because if it's an item that is not a life safety item that is still uh, not done, residents are gonna move back in because you have that, if they move in on the 16th of this month, they're moving on the 16th of that month. You know, if they're coming back by four o'clock today, they're coming back by four o'clock today. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. better make it available. So there's also some flexibility with the design team, I believe, uh, yeah. that, uh, that, that, that knowing that, look, this door has a dent in here on this refrigerator, let's order the refrigerator, Let's move the tenants in, yeah. and later on, we'll replace this refrigerator, you know, things like that. Well, and I'm sure, you know, 
like technology. Now you can take videos, right. you can do images, you can, you know, there's a lot of things that you can sure. utilize. And I know a lot of that is kept on Procore. Mm-hmm. So you can document a lot different than you used to be able to. Oh, so 100%. I'm sure you, you utilize that as well, yeah. you know, and that, that kind of helps things. I just did a um, ADA consultation on, uh, on video uh, huh. with a, that, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You look at things like ADA and, um, you know, all the things that an existing building has that when you renovate, you have to then tweak it and adjust it mm-hmm. to, you know, meet those new standards. And I'm sure working in these renovation projects, you experience a bunch of different structure types. Some are concrete buildings, mm-hmm. some are wood buildings, some are steel. So, you know, how you can manipulate some of those existing buildings is contingent upon the structure. And I'm sure in some instances, you can't do certain things to a concrete building that you might be able to do to a wood building. Right. So knowing that and understanding that, and I, I, again, I'm sure your design partners are critical. Mm-hmm. 100%. In that. Yeah. And, and getting them to be engaged and responsive, much like you were saying about the residents. Sure. You know, that's a big, important aspect of a, of a renovation project. And I think it's, it's two completely different things. I mean, a, a new building is one thing. Yep. A renovation building is another thing. And I believe the design teams, you know, involved on, on either or understands the difference. Like you say, all the parties have to be clear yeah. of, of, of how these two aspects work. You know, materials, for example. You yeah. know, on, on a new building, you start to clear and, and get on all utilities done. At that time, you're making all your list of materials, right? All your lead, long lead items. You had that time to order doors and yeah. uh, appliances yeah. and everything else. Well, guess what? For uh, renovation, you might be dem- doing demolition at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then you're going to have to put in cabinets yeah. within a couple of hours and appliances, you know, maybe the next day. So you don't have the luxury of uh, waiting a month or two. Yeah. You no, know, you can't tell a, a, a supplier, uh, this is the list of things that I need. You have to be ready. You have to get a see containers or whatever it takes to have materials on site waiting. So I think in, in that department, in that area, signing an orderly release with the uh, uh, owners is a must. I never really thought how important those materials are in, in a renovation. Sure. You know, you just assume, but it, it, you, that's a great point yeah. because, you know, in a, in a ground up construction, you have that luxury. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, we're, you know, because you do all of that at the end. It's right. like, I don't need, but now it's it because of that accelerated mm-hmm. um, aspect of how long you can be in that one unit or that sure. one area of the building changes things dramatically. 100%. Yeah, and again, that probably goes, like you said, contractually, mm-hmm. how, how all of that's kind of handled. It's very different than, you know, just going ground up. You know, I think it's one of the things that, from a renovation perspective, you know, a, a lot of people don't, I think, understand how truly different. Fast-paced. It, it is. Oh, yes, fast-paced moving jobs. It's it's yeah. unreal. And yeah. you got to be nimble. Yeah. you you got to go and, and change quickly on your feet and, uh, you know, be able to pivot, mm-hmm. uh, deal with homeowners, deal with different stakeholders, yep. uh, management, right? I mean, who are the, and typically, who are your, who are your stakeholders in a renovation project? I mean, who are the people that you're... Local authorities. Yeah. Lenders. Design team. Yeah. And 
probably a resident representative at a certain point. Okay. Moving coordination, which is an entity sometimes. In, in, in talking about, you know, moving uh, people out of their apartments and bringing them back inside, I think that's a huge component as well. Yeah. And, uh, everything matters. You know, we're all there to do the, the job. But if that doesn't get coordinated well enough, you can either lose time on your schedule or not be able to deliver the, the apartments on time. I'm sure you've experienced some projects, too, where you've renovated and you haven't had to worry about them being occupied. Correct. You know, which is a different different animal. But still, you know, the, those renovations, that early analysis mm-hmm. and that upfront evaluation that you guys do is probably critical. Sure. It's little, so there is little difference between uh, occupied renovation and those that get actually moved out for us to get the, even though the, the whole big building might be occupied, some of them they move, let's say, 16 families or 20 families at a time, and then we go in and get it done. There are other ones that the residents are actually still living in there through the construction, so those become a little more tricky. By 4 o'clock every day, these they're, residents they're are back. back. So you're playing with, two th- you're playing with time. You know, uh, you, you wish and hope that everybody gets started by 7 a.m., but you know that something's going to happen. You okay. know, that, that the person who was supposed to get the calf by, eight, by 7 o'clock might not Doesn't. come in until 8 o'clock, and, uh, and, and then you're waiting for one hour. Losing one hour on those type of projects is really bad because then you're playing catch-up, yeah. and you only have seven hours, you know, to make sure that everything is back to normal, including cleaning and safe and everything else. So even though both are renovations, it, it, there is a difference between those two. So your coordination and communication with the subcontractors are critical. Oh, sure. Um, and, you know, so what's the, do you have any tricks that you typically utilize to kind of stay on top of these guys? I remember this, uh, Mr. Carpenter, at 8 o'clock, go to the sea container. These are the layouts for these units. Get the cabinets, have them outside waiting while the uh, demolition is going on. Yeah. As soon as demolition is going on, Boom, you're right. you're coming in. Then the flooring guy starts right at this corner, work his way down, and yeah. so forth. You know, so you're constantly doing that. It's interesting, but good though. I love yeah. it. I like it. Uh, you mentioned it at the beginning. We are going to people's houses, right? But it feels great at the end of the day when you remember how that unit used to look, and then you're turning over something at the end of the day or the week that it looks beautiful, nice, and clean. Yeah. That's really rewarding. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. to do that, yeah. uh, and and I think most people appreciate it. Yeah. Even though sometimes people don't tell you. But we hear a lot of good things from uh, from residents. You know, oh, thank you so much. And it's rewarding, you know. Uh, it's nice to hear that, that, that you're doing the best you can. To your and, and it's nice to see a smile. Oh, sure. You sure. know, when someone sees that. And, you know, I yeah. mean, because maybe some people aren't as comfortable voicing their pleasure. Sure. But yet, just seeing them, you know, that's, that's a nice feeling. Yep. You know, and that's, that's, that's important. So is there any, you know, parting words of wisdom? So if I, if I want to put my construction hat back on and I want to get back into the field and kind of get back into renovation. I, I think it's really simple stuff that I tell myself all the time. Plan the best you can, but still be very flexible to change. Going in with that mentality, I think a lot of people have, a, have problems with changing their, yeah. uh, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, you have to be really open to change, not just, through a week or through a month, yeah. through the day, yeah. you know, uh, to, to and, and don't get disappointed if something doesn't work the way you thought was yeah. going to work, yeah. Yeah. because there are many other ways to get it done, right? Yeah. At the end, we're looking for the same results. 